0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at the Black Sheep Boutique, Tupelo.com.
2: Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: And welcome, everyone, to Midday's Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the Super Talk studio, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this gorgeous weather day across the Magnolia State. Rhino, what do you think about that weather? Oh, yeah, it's
2: nice out there because it's not going to get too warm. It's nice and chilly in the morning. And, yeah. Uh... We're going to have a little bit warmer afternoons than we have had, but uh, still not going to get anywhere near
3: hot, so that's always good. That's awesome. How about your weekend?
2: It was pretty good. Got to rest and relax and got a whole extra hour of sleep, so can't complain.
3: Yeah. About yours? That was good. Good. Uh, Went uh, up to the game, of course, up in Oxford, Saturday, and that was a little too close for comfort. Beautiful day. It's a good game, though. A lot of fun. And game day headed to Oxford next week. Looks like that will be quite the spectacle with Texas A and M coming into town. The Bulldogs, man, special teams. Whew. You
2: think open tryouts for kickers on oh, the Mississippi State
3: campus? Leach is pretty serious about that. Sounds. I will say though, it appeared to me the final kick looked like the long snapper kind of rolled that one back there. If you if you look. Looks like the holder really struggled and did a fantastic job of getting the ball vertical and upright, but the kicker stutter-stepped a little bit, messed the timing up, because they start while the ball's in the air. That's, oh, yeah. you know how that's, It's very much a time and play, and then he hooked it. Oh, just, golly, uh, terrible situation there, but Leach says he'll have tryouts. Somebody can kick, I'm sure. Got to be somebody on the soccer team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it worked in necessary roughness. That's true. That's true. So many times on the program, I have uh, opined that gaining any sort of consensus on issues between the left and the right is virtually impossible until we can at least reach a consensus, on the number of biological genders. That's pretty fundamental to life. But there continues to be discussion, debate, dissension, conflict, just about how many biological genders there are. Well, comes now a an appointee for a judicial nomination up there in the federal government, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, always uh, entertaining, shall we say? Listen to him question this nominee.
4: Let me ask you your thoughts on another subject. Biologically, how many sexes are there? Uh, as I understand it, uh, there are different views on that on that topic. I'm as- asking you your view. Uh, I, again, that is an area that I believe could come before me as an issue, as it has come recently. I'm not asking about a case. I'm asking about you. Biologically, in your opinion, as a thinking adult, how many sexes are there? Senator, as I said before, my own personal views, uh, I don't want them to enter into uh, my role as a judge, and so if I were to be faced with an issue where uh, a person's sex or gender came before me, I would apply that Supreme Court precedent right. and consider it in the, in we the context stipulated of... To that. We stipulated to that. I'm asking you personally, but, biologically, how many sexes are there in your opinion? I, I would give the same answer as before, where I would not want to give a, a, an answer of my personal view and, and give the impression that I'm prejudging an issue myself. Okay. Have you thought about it? I have. Okay. What was your conclusion? That it is a a matter of importance and debate in in our society today. And uh, while I have my own personal views about it, my role as a judge is to apply the law and precedent and and let the arguments and facts
3: be for themselves. All right. In your opinion, is the California Court of... (laughs) So, this guy cannot answer the question in a straightforward manner. On how many biological sexes there are, he—I mean—a a judge, first of all, uh, it just shouldn't stutter on questions like it's pretty straightforward, yes or no question. And you knew when he hesitated, you weren't going to get a yes or no question. And that, of course, is what the senator was seeking. Rather, we got lots of tiptoeing and dancing and monkeying around, and never got a straight answer on that. So, now this is a person who's been nominated to serve on the federal bench. Does it make sense to have people that are still confused about how many biological genders there are? How can we ever agree on anything else? It would seem impossible. Oh, gosh. Right watched somebody spewing the profanity at me here this morning already on the ceasefire text line
2: what's up because they are a miserable sop
3: good grief what do you always say when we get that kind of stuff there's dials on your radio yeah if
2: you're in the car there's usually two knobs on your radio you can turn (laughs) either one of them to the left
3: and you won't have to worry about any of this man Uh, i i'm going to respond to this person good morning hope you have a great day It's unbelievable. Uh, Okay, back to the senator and this judicial nominee. Maybe that's why Joe Biden, who represents the Democrat party, clearly this is a Democrat nominee. Maybe that's why his poll numbers are tanking. Even the USA today is on this one. 38 percent. But Twenty-eight percent, that's approval of the president. It's over the weekend. Actually, actually that was taken Wednesday before passage of this giant $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. But the vice president, 28 percent, 28. I don't know that I've ever seen an approval rating of a president or vice president in the 20s. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, I just personally have not witnessed it. That's before the bill. It would be interesting to see what the polls look like after signing of the bill, which is very popular amongst the Democrats, except the progressives who say, we're not on board. we got to see the giant $3.5 trillion social spending human infrastructure bill. The other interesting component of that poll is that 64% of those polled do not want Joe Biden to run for re-election. Another piece of information related to this is that former President Trump says he will announce his intentions regarding the 2024 election after the midterms. That's the latest guidance from the uh, former president. It will be interesting to see where all that goes. The other big news, of course, over the weekend, is we've got these vaccine mandates that have been front and center in uh, in the public square of debate. The vaccine mandates, of course, imposed by the president back in September. Guidance released Thursday. We talked about that a little bit. OSHA guidance, of course, Three and a half inches of guidance from OSHA. Nobody's surprised at that. January the 4th, right, is when those go into effect requiring private sector employers to of more than 100 employees to vaccinate all their employees. One interesting aspect of that in the guidance, according to the way I read it and reported in the Wall Street Journal as well, of course, testing is an option if one is not vaccinated weekly testing the journal reports that an employee must be tested in the presence of their employer it cannot be self-administered cannot be self-reported this just opens up a gigantic can of worms it also states that employers do not have to bear the cost essentially what they're trying to do Is make it so difficult, so onerous, so painful that employees just capitulate and say, okay, I'll get vaccinated. I don't think it's going to work. And the other big news, of course, is that the Fifth Circuit Court says they're putting a stay on the mandate. Mississippi was a party to that suit. Interesting information, lots of stuff going on over the weekend and a lot more to talk about. After the break, but coming up after the break, Stephen Moore, writer, economist, former Trump advisor, will talk about the infrastructure bill and handicap the Democrats' possibility of getting the big bill through. Stay with us.
5: Middays will return.
7: Access to quality health care is essential to building a healthier and stronger Mississippi. At AmeriGroup, we're doing everything we can to make that a reality. Since 2020, we've invested over $2 million through grants and donations to support Mississippi communities. From rural nursing scholarships to the state's first prescription food program, this is just the beginning of Amerigroup's commitment to enrich the lives of every Mississippian. Learn more at AmerigroupMS.com.
5: Lee Temple, Customer, Clark's Construction. We had a complete bathroom
8: renovation, all the way from the tile floor to countertops and everything that goes with uh, with a bathroom. We checked with other folks to see how they had worked with Jerry, and we always got some uh, some good reviews. Never did get one that was uh, that was not. Good. And, you know, the trust issue was, was not an issue with Jerry. So I'd say these are five star.
5: For a construction company you can trust, call Clark's Construction at 601-214-9463. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental located in
9: Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. To all the folks in
8: the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning. 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
3: Middays, Gerard and Rhino in the Super Top Studios. All right, we're looking for Steven still, right? Yeah. All right. Well, when we can get connected to him, we'll get him on, let you know. But this $1.2 trillion deal that will now be enacted, I think it's headed to the president's desk, and it is uh, it's going to be signed by him. He's taking a big old victory lap on it over the weekend, man and it just feels like the Democrats were trying to bail him out, give him something, because it uh, really has been a first 10 months without, of no significant legislation. It, of course, issued a bunch of executive orders, which I think have, have hurt. Of course, the American Rescue Plan was passed, and the uh, the president and the Democrats in general refuse to accept that that is a factor in inflation that everybody's feeling, and they keep telling us it's not only is it transitory, but that it will it will go away and it will ease, but that his policies had nothing to do with that, which I think suggests the lack of understanding of basic. Economics and economic the, the economics of the money supply, when you just drop helicopter money all over the place and you infuse that into the economy, it, of course, reduces the value of the currency, thus inflation. And paying people to stay home and not work has caused labor shortages. It's just a, a series of missteps. And remember, not a single Republican supported that measure. It passed totally on Democrat lines. It was unnecessary. But he's taking that nonetheless, he's taking big time victory laps on this deal and uh, really boasting about it. What's in the bill? It's a bunch of money for roads and bridges, $110 billion to repair the nation's highways and bridges. Thirty-nine billion for public transit, which includes Amtrak. Sixty-six billion to improve Amtrak's Northeast Corridor, four hundred and fifty-seven miles. Incredible. Electric vehicles: seven point five billion for charging stations. Uh, five billion for the purchase of electric school buses and hybrids. The, this is the one that that. I guess is a little bit closer to home for me, Internet access, $65 billion for broadband. And the reason I say that is because we had money in the CARES Act passed under Trump to expand rural broadband, and in particular to provide students broadband access, high-speed Internet access, because they were home, had to go to school at home, locked out of the classroom, essentially. Then we had money in the rescue plan signed under Biden for it, and additional, and we got this one, because we got this 1.8 billion coming to the state of Mississippi, and it is limited, the parameters limit what it can be used for, which includes broadband. Now we got 65 billion. I'd like to see just some information about, okay, well, how much do we need to provide broadband, high-speed access to every address in the nation? Because here's another 65 billion, and they say it's designed to improve internet services for rural areas, low-income families, tribal communities, most would be available through grants to states. Modernizing the electric gr- grid, 65 billion, 25 billion for airports to improve runways, gates, taxiways, 55 billion on water and wastewater. It's going to be paid for, this is crazy, by tapping 210 billion in unspent relief aid and $53 billion of it is coming from the money the states sent back for enhanced unemployment benefits, such as Mississippi, as you recall. The governor of the state of Mississippi terminated those enhanced benefits in June, and several other states did as well. That's $53 billion, so it's just going to come back through to, uh, to pay for this, as well as... Sales of petroleum reserves, I'm not sure I totally get that. We've got uh, uh, Mandy Gunasekara coming on later in the program. Perhaps she can unwrap that for us. And then spectrum auctions, which makes sense for 5G services. Those are sold, auctioned off by the FCC. So anyhow, $1.2 trillion. Now, it's interesting to note that six Democrats on the progressive side, I believe it was six, Stood down, did not support, they're holding out. They say we got to have this bigger human infrastructure bill. But 13, 13 Republicans supported this deal. 13 in the House. Recall it was passed in the Senate with 19 Republicans uh, passing it, or excuse me, voting for it. And of the 13 in the House that voted for it, I believe four were from New York, two from New Jersey, one from West Virginia, one from Alaska, one from Michigan, one from Illinois, one from Ohio, one from Pennsylvania. So, uh, Leader McCarthy over in the House says, we think we got 70 seats in play that we're going to pursue. We may have some sound on that, Rhino. And he's going after these Dem- these Republicans who crossed over and supported the Democrats, joined the Democrats, I should say, in support of uh, this measure. So we had 19 in the Senate, 13 in the House. To me, the biggest concern is that this just paves the way, gives them a victory, gives them momentum, uh, I would argue improves their standing with their party. And to some extent, independence looks like they're getting things done. People like roads, bridges, airports, waterways, rural broadband. Yeah, the president, great, great. But it again, it gives them some capital to get the big deal done. What they could have done, I think, is held off. To see, well will this pass without any Republican support? Normally you use that as a negotiating tool. We can get something else in exchange for that, but they didn't. So McCarthy says, we're going after it. Here we go.
7: claim to be moderates, but for the most part they have marched in lockstep behind Nancy Pelosi of San Francisco. They have voted for her over and over again to be speaker. They voted repeatedly to uh, investigate former President Trump, to impeach former President Trump. Uh, They claim that they're moderates in this most uh, recent effort to uh, fundamentally change America through a single spending bill, uh, while they pretend that uh, they're negotiating and trying to, you know, take the sharp edges off of it. Are you going to hold their feet to the fire? And how many of these so-called moderates are you going to target? You know what? When I look at the playing field for the next election, there's about 55 to 70 seats that we can play in and make them competitive. doesn't mean we can win them all, but we need to compete in every single race. If we want to be able to stand up for our freedoms and keep them, we're going to have to do that.
1: Hmm.
3: I'd say that's good, and you got to believe that's the case. Now, in the meantime, AOC, I mean, this is just... Again, going back to we can't agree on how many biological genders there are, when you look back last week at the, at the elections and you, I guess, dissect that, try to look underneath the covers and figure out what happens, she comes out with a totally different take. I think most people that are clear-thinking see, well, the, uh, the Democrats have gone so far left, and they're really pushing this whole woke agenda. Of course, President Obama, former President Obama, says that's just fabricated and it's it's a right wing dog whistle. That's what we heard over and over and over again. But AOC says, no, that's that's not the case. We weren't we're not woke enough. She says the Democrat Party has a woke problem, it's dangerous to think that. That's really not an issue. She, she tweeted later on and, uh, and said something about that. She said one dangerous aspect of thinking there's a woke problem is that damn chances for re-election or majorities in House, Senate, White House rely on the racial justice issue of voting rights. If you distance yourself from this, which is what the right is referring to as woke, that's dangerous. Distancing yourself from racial justice makes protection of voting rights less likely, ensuring losses. That's her take on it. I don't think the average American is talking about that at the kitchen table. Unbelievable. She says it's just a euphemism. We'll step aside for a break right here. We're still trying to find Stephen Moore. We got some tickets to give away here for Foreigners. Well, later on in the program, Middays will return.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny conditions, high near 73. Tonight, clear skies, low around 45. Your Tuesday rolls in with mostly sunny conditions, high near 75. Tuesday evening, we have mostly cloudy skies, low around 49. And for your Wednesday, mostly sunny, high near 74.
0: With a single handshake, John Ravenstein buys millions in diamonds. And that's the buying power it takes to be Mississippi's direct
8: diamond importer.
3: You see, we sell so many diamonds, the finest diamond cutters from around the
11: world come to us. He's got the million dollar handshake. I'm John. And I'm Rachel Ravenstein. That's why here at Juniker Jewelry, you'll shop from ten times the loose diamonds you'll find in average jewelry stores. Because finding just the right diamond at the right price... The perfect diamond for
5: her is what Juncker Jewelry is all about.
11: Best of all, we guarantee the lowest price in the state. We even have 12 months interest-free financing for qualified buyers. So when you're ready, we're ready at Mississippi's Direct Diamond Importer. And I want to shake
8: your hand. And make her the happiest girl in the world. Juniker Jewelry Company,
0: Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485
9: Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com.
11: I'm Andy Davis and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There are multiple reports that Madison Dubisky, a student at Ole Miss, was one of eight victims at the Astro World Festival. Jackie Ibanez with Fox breaks down what happened and where the investigation is going. 13 people, including five
10: minors, were hospitalized. A candlelight vigil took place in Houston Sunday for the eight victims killed. Their ages range from just 14 years old to 27. Authorities have launched a criminal investigation into the festival. They say someone in the crowd may have been injecting people with
11: drugs. Rapper Travis Scott and event organizers are facing lawsuits over the incident. And Friday, Attorney General Lynn Fitch filed a petition for review with the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals challenging the Biden vaccine mandate published the same day by OSHA as an emergency temporary standard. Saturday, in response to this petition and others, a panel of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals stayed the mandate pending further action by the court.
0: Go with the home team.
9: At Pearl River Resort Casino, we're keeping it
11: real safe for our employees and guests. Electrostatic spray, chip
1: cleaning, and
11: mass thermal temperature scanners are in use throughout the property,
1: including advanced UV cleaning technology to keep rotating handrails safe to touch.
7: State-of-the-art air filtration systems keep the air you breathe safe and clean. So get back in play at Pearl River Resort Casino. We're keeping it real.
0: Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Middays with Gerard. Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back, everyone. Middays, Gerard and Rhino in the studio. Joining us now, Stephen Moore, writer, economist, former Trump advisor. Good morning, Stephen. How are you today, sir?
7: Good morning. Well, I'm not too happy that these Republicans betrayed us and, and, uh, and passed that crazy uh, spending bill on Friday night in, in the wee hours of the morning, and uh, 13 Republicans uh, signed for this crappy bill which was outrageous uh and handed nancy pelosi and joe biden a victory and that bill is another 1.2 trillion dollars down the drain it's all for green energy projects and all of these special pork projects that biden wanted and i don't understand how any republican could vote for it but all the more reason we have to stop this you know now they want another four trillion dollars uh for social welfare this is, this is getting, you know, to be very, very dangerous to our nation's economic health and our financial future.
3: Well, the thing that strikes me about it, Stephen, is the president is, is uh, going public after it passed the House, and he's taking huge victory laps on how transformational this will be and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think this is this is what... Americans are talking about, as we've been saying on the program, around the kitchen table. They're worried about inflation, the price of gas, vaccine mandates. They're worried about the border, crime. This is... I don't think they're worried about spending all this money the way they are on all these so-called infrastructure projects, which you know will be laden with pork, will will fill the pockets of all the cronies. I don't see this as a top item.
7: Well... First of all, it's not an infrastructure bill. It's a it's a green energy bill. You right. know, they they call it the you know Washington's great at uh, creating these kinds of uh, misnomers for the bills that yeah. they create. But this is this isn't about roads and bridges and highways. It's about you know subsidies for Tesla and subsidies for you know uh, for the wind and solar industries. And you know, I think that Biden you know Biden was over there in Glasgow, Scotland, with all the world leaders handing out you know, tens of billions of dollars of American taxpayer dollars, you know, and China wasn't even there, by the way. China's the biggest polluter in the world. And and, and so, you know, we're decapitating our eh, American oil and gas industry. And meanwhile, China's building 100 coal plants, you know, and they already have a 1,000, so they, they don't care about climate change. They're trying to eat our lunch, as Trump would say, and they laugh behind our back, as Trump would say, and we play right into their hands. And, you know, meanwhile, we've got five, you know, some areas of the country already have $5 a gallon gasoline. It's coming to Mississippi. It's going to yep. come to every state in the country. And and then there, and then we keep spending money that we don't have, and then inflation gets out of control. And I heard Biden this weekend say, the best thing to do to stop inflation is pass another $4 trillion spending bill that's paid for by printing money. How crazy is that?
3: I heard the same thing. And and, and so what he does, though, Stephen, is he, he cites there 17 economists, renowned economists, that all say that this will not add to the deficit or debt and will not be inflationary. And that's always his, his uh, how he substantiates and and uh, gains some degree of support, and I think his is a lot in, in a lot of cases his constituents lap that up until they go to the grocery store, the gas pump, yeah. and they say, "Hey, what gives?"
7: Yeah, no, I, I think that's right, and 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 that's a it's a tax on the lowest income people, right? I mean, the people who are living on you know a fixed income or you know making less than fifty thousand dollars a year if they have to you know pay. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen dollars more to fill up their tank that 's a lot of money out of a you know out of a, out of a family budget, and then food prices are more you know, as my friend said, I used to spend about you know one hundred dollars a week on groceries now I have to spend one hundred and twenty five dollars a week on groceries you know yeah. because everything's more expensive and you know i, I don 't know sometimes it feels like the wheels are coming off this administration we 've got a border crisis we've got an energy crisis we 've got an inflation crisis we've got a crime crisis we 've got a COVID crisis we got i mean can you name one thing that Biden has done that has actually worked?
3: No, I can't. And whenever I ask my friends on the left what what I get is, yeah. that, well, he's called, yeah. he's called more attention to the rights of transgenders and all this sort of social yeah. stuff. I said, I just yeah. don't think that's a high-priority item to most Americans.
7: Yeah. Oh, and then, you know, I left out the Afghanistan crisis, which yeah. makes us much more vulnerable to terrorism. So it's a scary time for our country. I'm leading this. By the way, I want to ask your listeners if they would. Uh, are you familiar with PragerU? Yes,
3: PragerU. Sure.
7: Yeah, PragerU. Prager so I have a new video called "The Bankrupting of America" on PragerU. We already have three and a half million viewers. Um, if folks, if you get you know got got five or six free minutes, just go to PragerU and 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 uh, and click on my video called the, uh, "The Bankrupting of America." And if you like it, and it's we've gotten a lot of <laughs> three and a half million people like it a lot. Please watch it. Show it to your kids, show it to your family, show it to your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues, even show it to your enemies. <laughs> yeah, you know, Because we, everybody has to see, this shows you in, in very short order, the dangers this country is in because we have a president who believes that he can spend and borrow and tax our country to prosperity. I don't know where that's ever worked in the history of mankind, but we're going if we don't stop this terrible bill, we're gonna be spending the rest of our, you know, lives trying to undo the damage that it does.
3: Yeah, and I, I Stephen also I want to say that I, I read and I subscribe to your Unleashed Prosperity hotline and thoroughly oh, enjoy it. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I've yeah. I've been on it for all well, years. you haven't
7: so. seen today's version because it, i just haven't we haven't sent it out yet but it it really talks about these republicans in the house who betrayed us and how angry conservatives around the country are i mean let's get real republicans in who who will vote for uh, you know for the things that are good for our country a limited government a limited you know but washington is not to run everything why does washington have to run everything it's the swamp you know as trump said we should be draining the swamp this this refills the swamp and all the lobbyists are pleased as punch today yeah. about you know this bill but uh, boy do we have our work cut out for us and if, by the way if people want to get the committee to unleash prosperity outline that you're talking about just go to our our website committee to unleash prosperity and and uh it just you know give us your email and we'll send it to you every morning and i know that joe biden says this all the time but in this case it's really true it's free <laughs> it doesn't cost anything it really is free it,
3: it is awesome uh, so, uh, yeah. So on Thursday, the the one that I read, you talked about the salt cap repeal, and it turns out oh. that would cost more than anything, any other <laughs> item in the Build Back Better program. Of course, this yeah. is really just lowering taxes for the wealthiest people in uh, the richest counties in the country because of these exorbitant property taxes that are charged in Connecticut, New Jersey, and California, New York, etc. This
7: is nuts. It's taxes. And I got to tell you, you know, it, the billionaires in living in New York, New York and New Jersey and Connecticut, you know, I'm from Illinois, and from Illinois and California, these blue liberal states, the billionaires would actually pay less taxes yes. this bill because they, they get these big tax deductions. And, you know, I've always that's why I've always loved the flat tax. Remember when Steve Forbes ran for president? Let's just keep it simple. Let's have a postcard return. Yep. You know, you've got an allowance for yourself and your kids, and then you pay 18% of your income, and there are no deductions and low polls. And incidentally, I said this the last time I was on your show, but I want to say it again. Uh, We need to make Mississippi, the great state of Mississippi, the 10th state in the country with no income tax. And I'm uh, working with your state Senate president and uh, the members of the House. I don't know your governor too well, but we've got to get this done. Wouldn't it be amazing if Mississippi could be like Florida and Tennessee and Texas and and, uh, Nevada and and get rid of your income tax? It would be the greatest economic development tool in the history of the state.
3: Yeah, totally agree and uh, hoping to get some traction on that in the uh, in the upcoming session. Before we go here, the minimum corporate tax. Every time I see Joe Biden talk, he says, you know, there are 50 corporations made $40 billion, paid no taxes, and it's $40 billion from a, br- a book accounting uh, income perspective, and he wants to implement this minimum corporate tax. I don't think he's thinking about the negative consequences of that. that that's what drives CapEx is the immediate expensing, for example.
7: Yeah. Well, a couple of points about that. First, you know, when I, as you know, I worked for Donald Trump and I helped put together the tax plan in 2017 that really changed the country and it led to the greatest prosperity our nation's ever had. So we're very proud of that. We cut the business tax rate down to 21 percent. So American, so we brought a lot of factories and jobs back to the United States. And it was a boring success for workers and our businesses because Trump always put America first. Now, under the Biden plan, we'd have one of the highest yeah. business tax rates. And that's going to lead to a loss of jobs. But, you know, then Biden says, well, every company should pay their fair share. And you know what? I agree with him on that. Every company, the fact that you've got 50 large, uh, you know, companies that are paying no income taxes, outrageous. But, you know, then I asked the question, gee, who is it that ran? Who, who is it that wrote this tax code? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe Biden's been in the Senate for 40 years. Why didn't he do something about this?
3: Yeah, it's nothing new, this, this concept. the tax code. Exactly. So, and of course, all that really does is defer taxes, as you know. It doesn't eliminate them. It eliminates them on the short term, but... Yeah, but there so, are
7: some, you know, they've got some crazy deductions. Th- that's right. In the I
3: agree. you, you
7: got to get all, rid of those. Yeah. But he,
3: that was cronyed yeah, up, lobbied mean, up crap, tax. though, as you know, so...
7: Of course. Yeah. That's why you got to have a flat tax. You want to get the lobbyists out of business? They don't allow you about if they can't
3: use the tax code like their own, you know, sandbox. Exactly, Steve. Appreciate you joining us always. A pleasure, right. sir. We'll talk to you soon.
7: All right, and remember, save our country, kill the bill.
3: Agree. Love to hear Cudler right. say that every day. Thanks, Steve, and talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. We'll be right back with middays. We got more talk. We got Manny Gutierrez coming up at eleven oh five, and some foreigner tickets to give away. Rhino will handle that. Stay with us. Somewhere you-
1: This is Alice in Callaway. Since nineteen fifty four, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We are located in Gluckstadt, south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful, with trees, shrubs, fall color plants, soils and mulches. Save the date. Callaway's Christmas open houses will be the first two Sundays in November, with refreshments and door prizes every half hour. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store with a large selection of permanent Christmas trees. Wreaths, garlands, angels, nativities, and much more. Our landscape designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. Give Callaway's a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Don't forget Callaway's Christmas open houses, first two Sundays in November. You will not be disappointed. Bring the family and enjoy the afternoon. Callaway's Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown
9: High.
1: Muskelly Furniture, homegrown and locally owned since
9: 1978. We're committed to this community where our team members live and our customers are neighbors. It's also where a lot of our furniture is made. We carry
8: more brands made in our state than any other retailer in the southeast. Look for the
10: Made in Mississippi tags throughout our store. You'll find quality products that support local
12: Mississippi companies.
8: At Muskelly's, we look forward to furnishing happiness for many years to come.
6: This is the opening agri-market report. It's the opening of the New York Cotton Exchange. December cotton was up 99 to 117.86. March cotton was up 117 to 114.41. And at the open of the Chicago Board of Trade, January soybeans were down 7 cents to 11.98 and a half per bushel. March soybeans were down 7 and a half to 12.10 per bushel. December corn was down 2 and a half to 550 and a half per bushel. March corn was down 2 and a quarter to 560 per bushel. Mercantile December live cattle was up 27 to 132.07. February live cattle was up 17 to 137.30. January feeders down 10 cents to 159.50. March feeders down twelve to one sixty sixty-five. And at the open, the Dow Jones is up one hundred and sixty-four points, thirty-six thousand four hundred ninety-one. I'm Dixon Williams and this is Supertalk, Mississippi, Agri News Network. Y'all listen up.
8: Join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. You're listening to Midday's with Gerard
0: here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back, everyone. Middays. Gerard and Rhino in the Supertalk Studios. Thank you so much for joining us. Roughly $420 billion will go to infrastructure. The rest is crap. Nothing to do with infrastructure. Salmon recovery. 7.9 million illegals will be granted amnesty. That's actually not true. There's no amnesty in this bill. That is is planned and being pushed for in the the next bill, the Bill Back Better plan. But thus far, the parliamentarian over there in the Senate has held her ground. Her name escapes me, but she said, "No, that doesn't really meet the standards for uh, legislation passed under reconciliation." So that would be disastrous. So let's hope that that let's hope that bill never sees the light of day. I'm with Stephen. Save America. Kill the bill. Totally uh, on board with that. A mean tweet and a buck seventy nine a gallon would be nice, says a listener on the ceasefire text line. It sure as hell would. It's about double, right, what it was. So hopefully we can. Uh, and, and Biden just has no idea what to do. We're going to play some tape later about what he said about the supply chain issues. If you're a Republican, having AOC being the spokesperson of the Dem Party is great. However, same goes for Dems uh, when Marjorie Taylor Greene comes across like she's the leader of the GOP. They're just both very uh, well-known figures in their respective parties, for sure. That's Ben from Madison. Uh, but AOC, i got to get what she called that again, if I can find it here. She said something uh, specifically about the, the bill itself. Oh, here we go uh she, well or the Democrats that are distancing themselves she uh, she says that woke is a term pundits are now using as a derogatory euphemism for civil rights and injustice so teaching kids to hate their country to hate others because they don't look like them that's civil rights injustice I tell you how crazy this has gotten this is from Microsoft. This is one of their big advances called Ignite. Listen to this.
10: Hello, and welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead, and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial. A people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top.
7: And
9: I'm Seth Juarez, program manager in the AI Platform Group. I'm a tall Hispanic male wearing a blue shirt, khaki pants, Today, we kick off two days of learning more about the latest solutions, exploring how these key innovations can empower you to do great things and connecting with peers from around the world.
3: And then we've got two more here that are also part of the event. Here we go.
12: I'm a Caucasian woman with long blonde hair, and I go by she, her. I'm a product marketing lead here at Microsoft and co-host of the podcast Security Unlocked with this guy.
5: Yes, that would be me. Hello, everyone. I'm Nick Fillingham. I'm a Caucasian man with glasses and a beard. I go by he, him, and I'm a security evangelist here at Microsoft.
3: How could we make it without knowing he had glasses and a beard? You can't learn about security unless you know that. (laughs) And a red sleeveless top. That's critical information. When do they ever talk about securing your inf- your physical and, and, and uh, IT infrastructure? We ever talk about that? Or did we just spend the whole damn event talking about our physical attributes? Very important to know that guy had khaki pants on, though. That's very
2: important. It felt like a weird lost episode of something like Blue's Clues, where they're trying to teach colors. this is red
3: this is a red shirt this is blue this is a blue shirt (laughs) it's it's mind-boggling and of course the obligatory preferred pronouns like if you use the wrong one you could be canceled you may be fired there are some companies i think we've talked about that well it's against the law in canada to use the wrong pronoun oh yeah oh jeez it's coming here. AOC. That's woke crap right there. That's what that is. It is not relevant to the event. I don't need to know all the people that inhabited the land where the Microsoft campus is situated.
2: Especially if they're not going to give it back to them.
3: <laughs> I've never heard of, What are. Is that like some Pacific tribes or something like I that? I
2: believe so, yeah. Oh, man. That's either a big campus or that was a timeline of ownership of the land because that was a whole bunch of peoples to live in one small campus area. <laughs> That's right.
3: I'm so confused. I thought we were supposed to disregard a person's physical attributes.
2: That was the dream, according to the speech oh, from Martin Luther King
3: Jr. We've, we've departed uh, those precepts by a great extent. We're going to take a break. Super Talk News, Fox News, Mandy Sagara. On the program next. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni Street Pros. Online at BaroniStreetPros dot com.
5: Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. There's a criminal investigation and there are already lawsuits filed over Friday's music festival stampede in Houston. Eight people died with many more injured.
12: Fox News confirming Texas attorney Thomas J. Henry has filed a suit against rappers Travis Scott and Drake, along with Live Nation and NRG Stadium. The suit is filed on behalf of a concert attendee from
11: Austin, Texas, who is reportedly seeking over $1 million in damages and claims the rappers allegedly incited the crowd.
5: Fox's Lauren Faulkner. Targets resembling American warships are spotted by satellite in a Chinese desert. In one image, a full-scale outline of a
11: U.S. aircraft carrier can be seen in the sand. In another, a destroyer appears to be on rails, perhaps to be used as a moving target in drills. The satellite company behind the images, Maxar,
5: based in Colorado, says the pictures were taken in China's northwestern Xinjiang region. Fox's Simon Owen. America's listening to Fox News. Fox News.
0: with yours.
5: And off to Snoop, left side to the 30, he gets to the sidelines, 25, 20, he's gone again, he's gone again, touchdown, Ole man! Snoop! Calling all Rebel fans, we need you in the vault on Saturday, November 13th as Ole Miss football takes on Texas A&M in a pivotal SEC West showdown. Tickets start at $75 can be purchased by calling 888-REV-TKTS or by visiting Ole Help us pack Vaught Hemingway and beat the Aggies. Hidey, Tidy, and go Rebel.
11: Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Mississippi Lottery Corporation has surpassed the $1 billion mark in gross sales. Achieving this milestone in less than two years from the first day of sales. Nearly a quarter of a billion dollars has been returned to the state for roads, bridges, and education since sales began November 25, 2019. Congressman Benny Thompson is asking the EPA to investigate the handling of the Yazoo Pump Project. In a letter to Administrator Michael Regan that was obtained by E&E News, the only Democrat in Mississippi's congressional delegation cited reports that the Trump EPA had disregarded staff warnings about how the project could affect the Delta. Congressman Michael Guest was surprised by the move.
6: It really seems counterproductive
7: to his public position and the position that he's taking with other members of the delegation
11: that he wholeheartedly supports his project. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet.
12: This piece of land allows us to grow row after row of corn, cotton, and soybeans. That's why as a farm family of Mississippi, we do our
6: best to take care of this land. Water conservation, improvements in soil health, and reducing our carbon footprint, all to grow the best products we can. It's just how we do things around here, providing for our family and yours, the farm families of Mississippi.
11: Kids ages 5 through 11 can now get the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. The dose, which is a third of the adolescent and adult dose, will be administered 21 days apart. The State Department of Health has ordered 51,000 doses of the vaccine. With the passage of the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, it included the five-state expansion of the congressionally designated I-14 corridor, which would run from Odessa, Texas, to Augusta, Georgia, taking it through portions of Mississippi, including Adams County. Chandler Russ, executive director of Natchez, Incorporated, celebrated the progress by saying, while it may be many years in the making, we now have an official starting point and designation. And Friday, the White House announced President Biden's intent to make key regional appointments for the USDA and SBA. The announcement included the appointment of Thaddeus Fairley of Sunflower as the state executive director for the USDA's Farm Service Agency in Mississippi. I'm Andy Davis.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the show that challenges you to to think deeply and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday, middays. Gerard and Rhino in the studio. Joining us now, Mandy Gunnasekera. And Mandy is uh, an expert on all things environmental, I will say, for sure. She was the former EPA chief of staff, principal of Section 7 Strategies. Mandy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So, we wanted to talk to you also about these uh, these vaccine mandates. That is front and center. Yeah. And everybody's buzzing and talking about it. The governor was on Paul's show this morning talking about action the state of Mississippi has taken with regard to what many believe. I think you and I share the view. It's an unconstitutional. It's, it's gross overreach by the executive branch to uh, demand and require a private business to institute uh, such mandates. You know, from a business perspective, I had this conversation with uh, with Speaker Pro Tem of the Mississippi House. Jason White saw him at the game. But, you know, we got enough trouble in the private sector dealing with government regulations. I want them as little as possible in my boardroom and in my employee handbook. And this is just too much.
12: Yeah, I agree. It's extremely intrusive and uh unproductive. You know, it's not about the vaccine, it's about mandating a certain requirement that forces you as the owner of a business or employer to get into the personal health decisions of your employees in ways that prior to COVID um was was actually protected under things like HIPAA laws. And so there's probably a lot of questions that should be asked and answered in, in that context. But it's just it's very inappropriate and I fear it's going to push a lot more people away from considering whether or not something like the vaccine makes sense for for them from a health perspective. But I do want to say, you know, the, the fact that there was a stay issued from the Fifth Circuit stopping this regulation in its tracks prior to it going into effect, one, that is a very big deal, but two or three days after it was officially issued is a testament to how much this violates uh, constitutional Principles yeah. um, that are that are protected, and uh, just quick shout out to the attorney general and her team for really being on the ball from Mississippi's perspective.
3: Yeah, it happened in the uh, Fifth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the challenge included Louisiana, Mississippi, Utah, and South Carolina. The yeah. way I read it. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, when we had Lucian on the program Friday, he he made a reference to this grave danger concept Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of hard to justify this mandate on that basis when first you waited several months since you've been in office the vaccines have been out for a long time right and then second you you put this order out you hand it over to osha it takes them two months to come up with three three inch uh, high of uh, guidance and you're not going to implement it until sometime in January that that kind of conflicts with the concept of grave danger i think about we got to do something now today
12: yeah, I, I agree with that. And it also fails to take into account all the additional therapeutics yeah. and other uh, potential solutions that are out there, natural including immunity. natural immunity, all, all those aspects that um, remember when we were talking about herd immunity early, yeah. early in this, you know, yeah. I, we never got a clear answer um, from when we would meet that threshold. But there seems to be a strong case for the number of Americans that have either had or been exposed sure. to it. We are in a much better position that, in my opinion, again, I'm no OSHA expert, but meeting the threshold of grave danger—that should be something high and something serious. And based off the things you said and the range of other options that are out there, in my opinion, it just doesn't—it doesn't meet that test.
3: Yeah. Now we've got therapeutics with Merck and Pfizer coming yeah. out saying they've they've got pills uh, to address the situation with uh, unbelievable results in the, in their trials. So that that too kind of. Uh, I think kind of kind of slaps in the face of this concept of grave danger and of course the risk is What's next that you're going to deem as grave danger that you show up and say and and issue this order, this broad order across the private sector like that?
12: Yeah, I mean, and you've got to look at this, uh, uh, the the precedent it could set. Yeah, Um, that's that's very important. You look at the proverbial slippery slope. It could get really bad for what the federal government could mandate um, private businesses to do that are extremely volatile, again, of a personal health decision. Um, it, it's a waste of resources for the employer to have to deal with the complexities of a rule and regulation like this, and it just creates a lot of unnecessary pressure on that relationship. And to have a good business, typically you want to get along well and have a good relationship with, with the, the, employee, sure. the the employee and the employer. And so it's just, again, a major intrusion. I think it's going to prove to be ineffective, but I'm not surprised. Um, this probably will not be, and it, it actually hasn't been, the only federal administrative agency wanting to do something that extends well beyond its congressionally mandated authority. Um, We're seeing that from places like EPA, um, from other federal agencies and OSHA's response to COVID and this vaccine mandate is just the latest example of overreach from a Democratic administration that wants to use the arm of the federal government to coerce the American people to do things that may not be in their best interest. Yeah, and
3: the premise of the OSHA Act and creating OSHA, I think about, you know, acid spills and slippery floors and, and needing a hard hat because there's heavy equipment being moving stuff around. This really kind of extends that to, to, um, I think, an area where it's just reaching for straws, honestly. Well, we can say that if you're not vaccinated, that that causes a safety problem in the workplace. But from a practical perspective, anybody in this country that wants a vaccine can get it for the asking. It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's a matter of risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. You make a choice. I, I accept the risk of taking the vaccine, I'm, I'm good with that. Folks say, I accept the risk of not taking the vaccine. So it, those who are not vaccinated, they shouldn't be posing a threat, a safety threat to anybody ostensibly other than those who are not vaccinated who have already made that decision. This isn't a place for government.
12: That's right. It's a it is a it's a principle of freedom and there's some people who will say like the president, this is not a matter of liberty. Um, if you hear a, an official from the federal government saying this is not a matter of liberty, yeah. it is in fact a it matter of liberty. Always. <laughs> it always is. It also I would say this it degrades the fulfillment of the mission of an entity like OSHA. You're right, there is a real legitimate purpose for OSHA to exist. Um, and they do keep a large part of the workforce safe because of smart, balanced, justifiable regulations they put in place. But this is not one of those instances. And I think just the fact that you have a stay so quickly, um, I imagine more will occur in other courts where they have been issued. Um, and the good news is there is a formidable defense that is in motion because people have stood up and said we will not be coerced by this government. Um, we, will, we will not just sit by and let someone like president biden and his political officials interfere with private businesses and interfere with people's personal health decisions
3: darren on the c-spire text line i work for a fortune 500 company and we have we had a teleconference about vaccination mandates and our lawyer said they aren't going to mandate and they're waiting to see what SCOTUS says so it does seem to be like yeah. where we're headed do yeah. you feel to the supreme court
12: Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's, it is a, certainly a matter of, of natural, national, um, interest and rises to that level of where is that line between, uh, you know, giving the general public tools to deal with a national issue, but respecting principles of freedom and individual rights in the process. And I would say over the past 18 months that we've been, and plus we've been dealing with COVID, there has been an expansion of the gray area between what is that line where principles of freedom and individual choices um, are not only respected but protected by the federal government and then what will they come in and and will they push back on and try to intrude
3: did i hear correctly this is kevin in monticello that congress is exempt from the vaccination mandate you and i were talking about that Mm -hmm. offline It's, it's just a matter of the scope of authority the executive branch has. You want to explain that?
12: Yeah, that's right. So uh, these are administrative agencies. They're an arm of the executive branch, and so this is this is a product of separation of powers. Um, and federal government, or the the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, are exempt from a fair amount of federal laws that would otherwise apply in employer-employee relationships, um, including the type of questions that someone can ask um, in an interview process. There's a there's a lower threshold of protection if you're a staffer going on to work on Capitol Hill. So if it were to be implemented, it would have to be done through the legislative approach process.
3: Yeah, yeah, I get that. We got a break right here. We'll come back. We want to talk a little bit more about this and also the EPA's handling or mishandling <laughs> potentially of the Yazoo Pump Project here in Mississippi. Stay with us. We'll be right back on midday.
10: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. On Super Talk Mississippi.
10: let
3: Welcome back, midday's Gerard and Rhino, Mandy Gunasakara in the studio. So on the on the ceasefire text line, that's pretty good, there, isn't it? Uh, on the six six two from Gladiator, likening what was his name, the the uh, the prince that I don't know what the hell it was. He became Caesar with the dogs yeah, down. Just, uh,
2: it was played by river phoenix's brother joaquin phoenix i can't think of his name now i can't either
3: but it's a little anyhow it's a little the gift. son of marcus aurelius
2: that's that became it. caesar i don't remember his name
3: which stom down was it commodus maybe that's it i don't know we're struggling to remember that it's One been a minute since i've seen gladiator me too that's right that's biden thumbs down <laughs> that's pretty awesome uh jason it is overreaching i'm all for vaccines and mandates when done correctly through private businesses military or local communities and through legitimate legislation but one guy shouldn't be able to force the entire country's workforce to do anything it just think so I, I think i'm in agreement manny what do you think yeah i agree I,
12: I agree i agree and especially in an instance where there's still a lot of questions out there that that matter when you make these sorts of decisions. a, a, a a matter of public policy or public health you have to weigh pros and cons and we as the american public have never gotten the clear outcome of those seemingly analyses from cdc and other health related agencies so look i i agree just one person mandating this type of action in such an expansive and and questionable manner is very problematic
3: yeah in I, again, it's, it's the old slippery slope. Well, see, that one went through, and the Supreme Court upheld it. I can do anything. I mean, I, I, I hearken back to the Obama. I got a pen and a phone when he got all mad because he lost the control in the Congress. Well, I got a pen and a phone, since they're not getting my agenda through there, because this guy would do anything and everything he, he, he could, independent of the Congress in this case. And I, I don't understand the, the sort of dying on this hill. Because there there are a lot of scientists who say they think the worst is behind us. We're coming out of this. Just let it run its course. Again, these vaccines have been out there for months. You want one, get it. If you don't, don't. It's just, you know, live your life. It's, it's time to just get back to normal, get government out of the way. I don't see what this accomplishes.
12: Well, for the Democrat Party and under the Biden agenda, uh, it accomplishes a justification for them to control your life in the way that they want to. You see that they will try to use any uh, complicated issue or crisis to effectuate that outcome. They'll yeah. do it with climate change. Um, they'll do it with the the border crisis, with immigration and whatnot. So they try to use those type of examples that are very real issues, um, but use it as a means to justify expansive action that interferes with the day-to-day lives of Americans of American citizens and that's just not the way it's supposed to
3: work. Carolyn Starkville says it's about giving government more control of public not public safety said that uh, before you made the same observation right. said amen sister so <laughs> I, I agree it, uh, it this is really just it's the hubris of the left which believes we're all stupid, we don't know anything, we've got to run your life, cradle to grave, and to a great extent they try to buy us off with all these government programs and this helicopter money so that we'll we'll uh, essentially cave and capitulate to the agenda, thus conferring them more power.
12: Yeah, if they can convince you your life is in peril and the only people who can save it is the federal government, you may be more willing to hand over freedoms you are otherwise uh, you have inherited by being born in this country and being an American citizen. And so that's that's. What they're trying to do. I think the good news is the American people today are are they, they see this? Um, they are willing to fight back in the court system, holding legislators accountable, um, calling into offices, and I think that's going to be very important uh, because you know we just saw the passage of this trillion dollar infrastructure bill. The next thing on on the uh, the dais, so to speak, in the U.S. Congress is the Build Back Better plan, which is uh, a very problematic um, from both a spending and trying to pay people for their votes and pay people for a willingness to give up freedoms that we have enjoyed up until this point.
3: Yeah, and uh, just as Stephen Moore said earlier, uh, save America, kill the bill. (laughs) It's uh, just gross, broad overreach that we just can't let get through. I'm just sorry that Republicans got on board on this infrastructure bill, which which I think does give them greater leverage in pushing through this, this bigger measure, which is, I think would just be, uh, produce really bad outcomes for Americans in in the way that's headed. All right, so let's talk about these pumps, the Yazoo pump. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. I know you know a lot about that, having been chief of staff of the EPA, and you've tracked that somewhat. This is something Mississippians have been waiting to see. Uh, some relief on for some time
12: for decades. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's kind of amazing if you hear the whole story of uh, finishing the pumps has almost been over the finish line. And then something seemingly crazy and out of left field came and quashed it at the very last minute. But uh, it's, it is, at the, to sum it up I struggle to sum it up because there's so much uh, that that we've discussed and there's yeah. so many complexities to it but it's about finishing an Army Corps project that started a long time ago and they basically built this whole drainage system and you need to put the you need to put the plug um, a plug or lifting of the plug in the bathtub and they've not yet finished <laughs> that in this whole system and so the effect of that is disastrous flooding um, in certain instances that we know will occur um, and that ruining the, the lives and the livelihoods of the people out there in the Delta region. And so the what what we've seen most recently it was an E news story where a letter from Congressman Benny Thompson basically sent to EPA administrator Michael Regan asking him to look into how the process went down of uh, EPA in a technical role, uh, proving of some of the environmental assessments and analysis from the Army Corps, which is really important for getting this project finished and over the finish line. Now, before you ask me how I respond to that, I will respond to that by saying, um, look, there is always a range of opinions, um, and even from a science perspective, a range of scientific perspectives when you're dealing with any project at U.S. CPA, yeah. whether on the regional level or national, but I will say that the process we adhered to in terms of working with the U.S. Army Corps, listening to the range of different offices at U.S. EPA, it was absolutely above board, and the conclusion was, yes, this project needs to move forward. If you look at the whole the pros and cons of what needs to happen um, to create a balance in this area that has not existed for decades, you can't get to any sort of outcome other than approving the project as, uh, as as it currently exists. And it's important to note too, from previous proposals there were a fair amount of substantive changes that occurred uh, the location of it some of the wildlife mitigation so balancing impacts that we know will occur um, making sure that you you do things to limit that negative impact on some of the wildlife um, all of that has changed in a way to where on the balance it makes sense for this to absolutely get done to prevent harm to the people yeah. um, and to prevent unnecessary harm to the wildlife out there as well
3: well, this I, I kind of regard as a, a necessary and wise investment from an infrastructure perspective. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, this this is this is true needed infrastructure. This does fall under the scope uh, of government to address. This is not cronied up, wasted back scratching stuff. This is just real that needs to happen.
12: Yeah, and I would say this. When, when we were at U.S. EPA, uh, we had a regional administrator go out to the region and talk to the communities impacted by this. And that was the first time someone from the federal government had actually come to talk to them, um, which was which was an eye-opening experience for some of the career people who had been working on this at EPA for years, and then certainly a justification for the community that people who were in positions of, of influence and in dictating the outcome of this project, that they were actually listening. And so that was an about-face from how this project had been handled leading up to when the U.S. EPA regional administrator and team went out there Um, I would just urge I know that that the EPA is doing a tour through the south coming through Jackson, Mississippi, it would behoove them to go out um, to the area and talk to that community and listen to the people who have had to deal with this for far too
11: long.
3: Yeah, I mean, what a novel idea. Go go into the trenches, into the field, and visit with the people who were, who were impacted by this. So, well, hopefully we'll get resolution. Something else I wanted to share with you, we talked about a little bit on the break with respect to the vaccine mandates, is that it appears that Big Bird got his Pfizer shot. And the conservatives are calling it propaganda, uh, Mandy. Do the kids need to be seeing tweets from Big Bird and, and messages from Big Bird about getting a Pfizer shot?
12: No, I don't. Look, no, uh, no childhood icon will convince my kids that they need to get a shot. Um, and it's one, it's frustrating because what's off limits, and two, it's. It's not going to work.
3: Let them be kids, man. Good grief. I got the COVID vaccine today, says Big Bird. My wing is feeling a little sore, but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. Oh, it's just unbelievable. We'll take a break right here. Thanks, Mandy, for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. We'll take a break. More talk. Foreigner tickets. Stay with us.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullinger. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny conditions high near 73. Tonight, clear skies low around 45. Your Tuesday rolls in with mostly sunny conditions high near 75. Tuesday evening, we have mostly cloudy skies low around 49. And for your Wednesday, mostly sunny high near 74.
10: I'm Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. We've got hand-washing stations with soap, paper towels, and water, and we've also got hand sanitizers to rent or sell. Please give us a call, 601-879-3969.
9: This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We are located in Gludstadt, south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. With trees, shrubs, fall color plants, soils, and mulches. Save the date. Callaway's Christmas open houses will be the first two Sundays in November. With refreshments and door prizes every half hour. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store with large selection of permanent Christmas trees, wreaths, garlands, angels, Activities, ornaments, and much more. Our landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Give Callaway's a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Don't forget Callaway's Christmas Open House is the first two Sundays in November. You will not be disappointed. Bring your family and enjoy the afternoon. Callaway's Glutstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High.
1: Callaway's is. Callaway's is.
11: I'm Andy Davis and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Mississippi Lottery Corporation has surpassed the $1 billion mark in gross sales, achieving this milestone in less than two years from the first day of sales. Nearly a quarter of a billion dollars has been returned to the state for roads, bridges, and education since sales began November 25th, 2019. Congressman Benny Thompson is asking the EPA to investigate the handling of the Yazoo Pump Project. In a letter to Administrator Michael Regan that was obtained by E&E News, the only Democrat in Mississippi's congressional delegation cited reports that the Trump EPA had disregarded staff warnings about how the project could affect the Delta. Congressman Michael Guest was surprised by the move.
7: It really seems
11: counterproductive to his public position and the position that he's taking with other members of the delegation that he wholeheartedly supports his project. For Super Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
0: Midday's with Gerard Gibbert. It is on on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Osborne here on Metal Monday, bumping you back into this segment. Middays, Gerard and Rhino. Yeah, it it turns out it was Jaquine Phoenix as Commodus. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin, excuse me, of course, the J, don't cancel me for that, would be pronounced as, uh, I guess, a, a W in that case, right? Yeah. So, that's pretty good, though. I like the little... Thumbs down. The Emperor Biden says thumbs down. The American Pete, yeah, we got that one already. In with the Democrat Party, it's make mountains out of a molehill to gain more control. It, there's not, it does feel like there, there's always an attempt to gen up fear. In fact,
2: never let a crisis go
3: to waste. The, the observation I always come away with even going back to the the uh, the, the Hillary versus Trump campaign in 16 and then carried forward into into 20 almost every campaign rally was your life sucks you hear me your life sucks and we're going to fix it i'm here government's here we're going to ride in on, and fix it your life sucks whether it does or not no you got to get that through your head your life sucks we told you it does right and that i just don't think people want to hear that anymore i they think they're tired of hearing that Folks want to hear; they want to hear optimism. They want to hear future. They want to hear how, how. But what you never hear them say on the Democrat side is: here's how we're going to get out of your life. Here's how we're going to enhance your freedoms. Here's how we're going to remove government and its long tentacles of control from every aspect of your being. Never hear that. Quite the opposite. And it's uh, just a concern. Biden needs to eat a home-cooked meal. He looks drained. That on the ceasefire text line. He does look a little weak. I tell you what, though, he got fired up this weekend when he was asked about payments to illegals. We got some sound on that, Rhino? Here we
5: go.
7: I'd like to ask you real quick, sir. Where, where do you stand? You said last week uh,
5: that this report about uh, migrant families at the border getting payments uh, was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say
6: that. Let's so get word, it straight. You said everybody coming the across the border gets $500,000, $450,000. The number was what? You had a problem? The number was I was referring to. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Sure. If, in fact, because of the, the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child, you lost your child, it has gone, you deserve some kind of compensation no matter what the circumstance. What that will be, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yes, sir.
3: We may have to share that one because he's got that, that really mean look on his face, those squinty eyes, but more importantly, something that you should never do when you're when you're debating. When you're, especially as the president, you shouldn't point fingers like that with the overhanded point. Lost your child? We got to share that one so you can see see it, folks. But uh, that's just not right, and and it doesn't matter. It, you shouldn't compensate people for breaking the law. They broke the law. That's crazy, and all you're doing is. Of course, sanctioning it and encouraging more to break the law. But he gets pretty fired up about that. I'd say, it's weird. I can't figure the guy out. Uh, his um, Kind of his personality seems to, to waver. So on the one hand, I agree. He looks like he needs some home-cooked meals. It looks low energy there. He gets pretty fired up. I think he's fired up because he didn't have a clue when he was asked that question previously. He clearly wasn't familiar with it and uh, the the concept that his administration is dreaming up. He wasn't informed, it appears, and so I think he got a little embarrassed, and this is kind of manifesting itself into, into his becoming very indignant and acting inappropriately with a reporter who asked a legitimate question. He did call it garbage, by the way. He, he absolutely did say that. Here's another question on the C Spire tax line today about Vaccines. Good morning. I have a question. So Medicare is telling all of its hospitals, contractors who who accept their federal money for treatment, that would be essentially Medicare uh, reimbursement, to mandate force their employees to be vaccinated December 5th, 2021, or be fired. Are they mandating the people who are covered by Medicare to be vaccinated, too? No. No, it's, it's not that. It's just they're saying that if you're a, a healthcare institution that participates in Medicare or Medicaid, meaning you get reimbursement from the federal government under those federal programs, your employees have to be vaccinated to uh, retain participation in those programs. So uh, that is kind of falls under the federal contractor mandate guidelines. That, too, is being challenged, and we'll see where that goes. I honestly still believe that this is going to be sorted out in the courts, and I I am confident the courts are going to rule that these mandates are unconstitutionally, including federal mandates for contractors and those who do business in this case with the federal government. I'm optimistic, and that's kind of how we're going to stay on that one, but we will absolutely track it and keep bringing you more information about it as, uh, as we learn more. So uh, Grandpa Biden is like Matlock when he got mad. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's on the ceasefire text line. Holy cannoli! So he's wanting to pay illegal aliens actual U.S. cash dollars? Yeah, this is a story that uh, got some legs. I guess within the last uh, seven to ten days, it, it surfaced that evidently there's a plan being hatched in the administration to pay illegals who got separated from their, their children because... They broke the law. I mean, that's what happens when you break the law. Even if you're a citizen, you will get separated from your children. Uh, it wasn't nefarious. It wasn't intentional to cause pain. It was just, that's the law. We, we were just following it. And yes, so what they're saying is, essentially, it's net reparations is the way I see it. Here's $450,000, up to a million per family, per household, uh, for those who were separated. And Biden, yeah, it's maybe there'll be some more discussion about the amount. I think this would cause an earthquake of of a reaction negatively in this country. If they start shelling out money to illegals who broke the law, even though they got separated. What the hell do they come here for to start with? You're breaking the law. You're breaking our laws. We are a nation of law, and if we don't enforce those, then we don't have a nation. Just simple as that. So I don't I don't know why everybody didn't and I'll, I've been out of shape about that. So why didn't the Supreme Court block state vaccine mandates? What state vaccine mandates, Thomas? I'm not familiar with that. You know anything about that? State vaccine mandates? The state of Mississippi, or I don't know of any states. Well, it is true that in California, that is true, there is a mandate that Governor Newsom signed off on. I think that's for all school-aged children. Actually, it's not California. It's, it's Oakland. It was Oakland, I think. We may have to look that up. um, Thomas says Maine. Well, did any of those get challenged, Thomas? Did they make their way up to the Supreme Court? Not sure. And I'm not sure that that's unconstitutional or, or against state law. I think in this case, when you've got the federal government, in this case, OSHA directing private companies, ordering private companies, I think that is... More of a matter, and I'm not a legal expert on that, but I think that it is more of a matter that would be uh, litigated throughout the federal court system up to the Supreme Court. When it's a a local school district rule, I'm not sure that 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 has any standing with respect to the Supreme Court, unless somebody sued and somehow that ended up by various aspects of it. And it became qualified, I guess, to, to make its way into federal, the federal uh, judicial system, all the way up to the Supreme Court. But I still say the market has got to sort that sort of stuff out, and people raising hell about it clearly are turning heads as well. And I think that's the way it should work: that that people in the grassroots, at the grassroots level, make it known that they are uh, opposed to this stuff. And that has an impact. Some of the other things that are happening, everybody knows about the supply chain shortage, which is largely driven by the labor shortage. And U.S. companies, many of them, are changing their hiring practices. For example, there's a beauty products retailer you may be familiar with called the Body Shop. So they're dropping educational requirements and background checks. UPS, they're making job offers. It is being reported in as few as 10 minutes, meaning you just show up, you're breathing, they're hiring you. CBS no longer requires college graduates to submit their grades. You don't have to prove you you graduated. So, again, this is a function of the market. This is the market working. I still maintain that government caused this problem. Government caused this problem. That's why we're in this predicament. We got foreigner tickets to give away right when we come back. Also got uh, some sound from Joe Biden on his analysis of the supply chain shortage. You don't want to miss that. Middays, we'll be right back.
9: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Muskelly Furniture, homegrown and locally owned since 1978. We're committed to this community where our team members live and our customers are neighbors. It's also where a lot of our furniture is made. We
8: carry more brands made in our state than any other retailer in the southeast. Look for
10: the Made in Mississippi tags throughout our store. You'll find quality products that support local
12: Mississippi companies.
3: At Muskelly's, we look forward to furnishing happiness for many years to come.
6: This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. Pointing to current challenges such as the log jams and supply chains, agricultural business leaders over the weekend largely praised Congress for the final passage of the one point two trillion dollar infrastructure investment and jobs act that some say will amount to one of the largest investments in infrastructure in the U.S. history. The bill passed late Friday night, two hundred twenty eight to two hundred six, with thirteen Republicans joining two hundred and fifteen Democrats to back the bill passage. Six Democrats voted with the two hundred Republicans against the bill agriculture secretary tom vilsack also prayed congress for the passage of the infrastructure investment jobs act saying the bill will now go to the president for his signature it's a transformative historic investment for america as the president makes good on his promise to rebuild the infrastructure of the country grow the economy for decades to come I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk, Mississippi Agri News Network.
5: Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call
8: 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries.
5: Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you. But not today. Litter is on the rise in our state, and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from three until six, right here on Super
8: Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Are we gonna do this midday?s
0: With Gerard Gibbert.
5: Keep rolling. Three, two, one.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Thanks so much for joining us on uh, Middays. All right, Rhino Foreigner tickets.
2: Oh, yeah, coming up this weekend, one of the best-selling groups of all time, Foreigner, is going to be at the Bancorp South Arena in Tupelo on November 13th. That's this Saturday. Coming right up. Tickets for the show are on sale at Ticketmaster.com, or you can swing by the Bancorp South Arena box office. But now you got a chance to win a pair of tickets for free. All you got to do is be the 10th person to text into the C Spire text line, 601 879 4395. Be the 10th person to text in the word urgent, and you'll win a pair of tickets to see Foreigner this Saturday at the Bancorp South Arena in Tupelo.
3: Mike in Richmond says it's a sad day in America that the illegal families come over here and become liquid millionaires. I I agree. Malcolm from Tishomingo, it would take me seven and a half years to work at my current pay in order to make four hundred fifty grand, but we just gonna give illegals taxpayer money. It's a slap in the face. And so if the the message is if you if you are a productive American citizen and you're contributing to society, paying your taxes, obeying the law. Taking care of your family, well, you're not respected, essentially. And it, now look, if the government separates families from one another, parents from their children, without any any legal basis for that, they didn't break the law or anything, and I'm not talking about illegals, because they broke the law when they crossed into the country. I'm talking about American citizens. Well, yeah, that's a problem. and And I'm sure there's plenty of lawyers that would line up to represent them, uh, to go after whomever law enforcement or or the judicial uh, system that that uh, committed that injustice. That's that's right. But these are people who broke the law when they came across the border, and so you might as well put a neon sign at the border: "Come on in, we'll give you money." We're already telling them: "Come on in, free health care, free education, uh, earned income tax credits, uh, housing." Uh, the, the whole gamut of government-provided benefits to people who break the law. No wonder we can't stem the tide. Heck, even the most impoverished in our society generally are way better off than middle and and uh, upper income except the, the corrupt ones And say, a nation like Haiti. So, of course, I get it. And if they want to immigrate here through the legal means, through the prescribed... The process? All for that. And they come in, contribute to society, and assimilate into our culture, uh, earn a living, pay taxes. I'm all for that, the legal way. I think most clear-thinking Americans, even those of us on the right, are. But the left always says, well, you, you just hate black and brown people, and you're this ist and ism and all that sort of stuff, and try to label us. And it's just not true not true we just want to follow the law i don't I don't see what's wrong with that but I, i'm with you malcolm on that it doesn't doesn't sound right i kind of feel like the supreme court will allow very localized and specific aspects of the biden mandates but throw out the biggest chunk against the wall to see what sticks that's jason on the ceasefire text line again I, we have to rely on the courts to to uh to litigate to hear to sort it out and to make the right decisions and i, I honestly am am uh very confident and optimistic that that will be the case. I'll go to jail gladly if Uncle Joe will pay me four hundred fifty dollars for being separated from my kids, Terry and Poga I hear you, Terry. He said separated forever, but these kids weren't thrown out like trash. I'm sure they go home to their own country where they will be reunited, that on the ceasefire text line. Uh, look, the bottom line is they're looking for anything they can do to build up their voting base. I think that's just abundantly clear, and anybody with a brain knows that. And this is it. It's just amazing to me that we're worried about passing infrastructure bills with this chaos still at our border, with crime rampant in our country, with inflation, with the price of gas at the pump. And by the way, even the Department of Energy is telling folks, get ready, it's going to be much more expensive, like double... To heat your home in the winter fortunately we don't rely on heating oil here and we don't have harsh long extending winters but much of the country does so who does this hurt the most the very people who they claim to be the advocates for those on fixed incomes those at the lower end of the income scale how is any of this helping them Yet they always talk about every time Biden talks, we're just trying to give the American people some relief here. It's just ridiculous. San Francisco, by the way, man, the San Francisco Chronicle, we're out of time, but they're facing backlash. They actually sent out a tweet and uh, published an article said locals. Maybe they should just tolerate the crime surge and suggested maybe they ought to barricade their homes, and their businesses. This is one of America's at one time great cities. How could this happen in this country? Just barricade. Board up your house. Residents and city leaders are searching for answers. Just tolerate a high level of burglaries. Down, It's a downside of city living. Focus on barricading your home. We're out of time here. We're going to be at the Armed Forces Museum at Shelby County uh, 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 down there. Camp Shelby, not Shelby County, at Camp Shelby. Stay safe. God bless everyone. A Super Talk Mississippi Media
0: Production.